Okay, so um, I know that the swimsuit competition is coming up, and we failed last time. So l l tell me, wh what did I do wrong, and how can I win this time? Uh, you wore a child's bathing suit. That's what went wrong. So I need to wear something bigger. Most definitely. Uh, here, just try on these, like, uh, these swim trunks. Did I get arrested last time? I think so, but I think I also robbed a bank to bail you out before oh, okay. we reset, so yeah, a lot of stuff happened. Okay, so now that we figured out how to at least survive the bathing suit competition, I, I'm i supposed to dance or something? And um, Yeah, uh, what, what uh, would how you like? should I do that? Uh, do you want to, what kind of dance are you good at? Are you good at tap dancing? Are you good at um, disco? Moshing. Uh, okay, just mosh with anyone but the judges. Okay. Go! Alright, um... Do it. So, um, I think that the judges want, like, a... a heartfelt personal story, and I don't have any of those, so what's your advice for this one? Um, just, just tell, like, one of our wacky adventures. Okay. Just, just something that made you sad. Matt, do you know how many like times we've been in this competition? Uh, I usually make a mark on my arm for each one. Uh, at least thirty-two. Well, we gotta be getting close, right? Uh, how how many how many co areas of this competition are there? Twenty-seven. Yeah, uh, there's we're, we're we're at number fourteen. Oh, um, well, you got all the time in the world, right? I and mean, the only concern I have is that like old judge is just kind of giving us the the stink eye. It's like he knows something's wrong. Have, haven't we seen him somewhere before? And maybe after uh, I uh, ace this juggling competition, I'll go down there and I'll I'll talk to him and just see why he's giving us the stink eye. Wait, Adam, don't use the swords. And we're back. That's right. Uh, and kind of better than ever. Ever. Maybe? Most definitely better than ever. Yes, because I learned a new drink that I like. Oh, what's that? Uh, so, you know, like Hawaiian Punch? Yeah. Uh, it tasted exactly like that. You could not even taste the alcohol. That's how good it was. Oh, really? Yeah. What is it? So, it was uh, UV Red. Okay. Uh, it was... What was next? It was UV red, orange juice, pineapple juice, and Sprite. That would be really good, yeah. It, it, you could not even taste the UV in it, which was insane. Oh, yeah, I, I, I actually don't have any UV right now, but I love UV because you can just, a lot of times you don't notice it if you put enough other stuff in. Oh, that's why it makes it dangerous. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, other than that, how was your birthday uh, anniversary weekend in Canada? Uh, it was amazing. Um, 
semi unironically, I may want to change my citizenship. Semi ironically, right? right? Se- semi unironically, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, it, it was it was super cool. Um, their roads are nicer. Their public parks don't close. You can drink in some public spaces. Public and healthcare. what's that? Public health care. Yeah, yeah, the public health care. Taxes are lower even though they have public health care. And a lot of stuff is like more expensive in Canada, but a lot of stuff is way cheaper in Canada. Like I I wasn't expected to do this, but we bought a lot of clothes because even with paying duty, it was a lot cheaper to buy clothing there. Weird. Yeah. But no, it was a really nice, fun, relaxing weekend, and it was really cool to kind of see like a different area. It was pretty close to America, but it was it was different. Oh well, at least you had fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're we're definitely going back. Well, eventually, eventually. Yep. <laughs> maybe next year. Maybe next year. You just <laughs> you just go one province at a time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess the only other major thing I did was I went to go see uh, Barbenheimer. I did the. Double and how feature. was that? Somehow they're both like the same movie. Oh yeah. They both like made me think about life, which was both made me depressed in some way. I would not expect that from the Barbie movie. I would expect that from Oppenheimer, but not right. It was like Oppenheimer. You know how that's gonna go, and it takes a look at like uh, the movie's kind of in first person the entire time. It's not looking so much at the atomic bomb side. It's more looking at the side of like Oppenheimer. And okay, is like how he tried murdering his teacher abroad. Uh, how he cheated on his uh, wife, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Does so, I, I? I mean, not. I don't know a whole lot about him, but I imagine he probably had a re, like a decent amount of guilt, at least about the Manhattan Project. Oh yeah, that's that is part of like the movie. Okay. Um, Honestly, I feel that you should do a album of the month over the Oppenheimer soundtrack. Oh yeah. Uh there's a specific uh part of it uh called Can you uh can you hear the music? Like that's the name of the song. Yeah, that's the name of the song. Okay. Um it's it's a little bit oh, like orchestrated in a sense, but it's really good. You know what I could do? Because actually, probably um, shortly after we're done on here, I'll probably actually record my album of the month. Yeah. I could, um, I could in the next day or two, check it out. I could do like a bonus just on it because it's like topical. Yeah. Uh, either, uh, and then for, if you want to have the real Barbenheimer experience, uh, flipping over to the Barbie side, you, you would think of like the Barbie movies similar to like the Lego movie in a sense. No, yeah, that's what I'd expect from it. Except like just a fun, fun little thing. Well, yeah. this movie. So the whole premise around the movie is that uh, a typical day in the Barbie, blah blah blah, uh, in Barbie Land. Uh, the uh, but one day Barbie is just like uh, 
she has thoughts about death. Like she just has an existential crisis. Yeah, and she's like, and, the, and well, that's what? like what causes the plot then. Yeah, and, and like <laughs> weird Barbie tells her that she has to go to the real world to find who's playing with her, uh, and w- make her happy in a sense. And I, then, so I assume it's very meta. Kind of, and then okay. both her and Ken go to the real world. Um, they get arrested. They do all all the culture shock type of thing. Ken right. goes goes back to the real world. Why Barbie gets picked up by the execs at a Mattel. Okay. Um, but Ken, you know what Ken brings back with him? What? The patriarchy. Oh God. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. But um... You know what? I think I understand this headline now, because I know I saw a headline where it was like, such and such a congressperson is boycotting Barbie. I was like, what the fuck? And I, I, I probably understand why now. <laughs> um, and But Barbie looks at it from a point of view of... I don't want to say, like, feminism by any means, but it looks at it from a point of, like, what Barbie has done to the world, in a sense. Of like standards, or what? Yeah, because people compare themselves to each other. That's yeah, and and it looks at towards the end of like um of how even like the feminist movements have been a little bit different recently, uh, where it's just like yes, women, yes, stand up for yourselves type of thing. This movie kind of takes it where yes, do that, but don't do that all the time. Relax. We're all human in a sense. Okay. It, it's it's like everyone will have their own interpretation of it, and like I'm maybe butchering of how I interpreted it, but you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I uh, honestly I'm surprised it has a message like that that you could even debate. That's actually kind of cool. Like, um, for example, uh, like when Barbie gets back from Barbie uh, from the real world to a Barbie land, all the Kens have brainwashed um, all the Barbies into thinking like the patriarchy is cool. And the only way to snap them out of it is expo- like telling them stuff about the, the life about uh, the, 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 the person that's playing with Barbie, should I say, it has to explain to them about, about women in the real world what they have to go through. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I, I think it does, and that actually sounds, like, way better than I would have ever expected from something from a Barbie movie. Uh, like, one of the quotes that kind of stuck with me in the movie uh, that she t- tells to one of the Barbies to snap them out of it is she says, um, uh, mothers stand still so so their daughters can look back and see how far they they, they came. That's kind of poetic, yeah. Yeah, just just like stuff like that. It's it's a really good movie. I say give it a watch at least. Like, uh, go as a brainer or something. No, yeah, I was expecting it to actually just probably not even be that good. But yeah, that actually sounds like it was probably a good movie. It's uh, what's it at right now? Uh, Barbie twenty twenty three. And there's so many like fine details. Uh, right now, this has made seven hundred seventy-five million. 
I knew it did good, but that is insane it did that good. And Oppenheimer has made about $400 million. That's really good for just, like, I, it's probably because of Nolan, but that's good for, like, just a random historical thing, too. Right. Wait, um, Oppenheimer's beating uh, Mission Impossible, then, I think. Yeah, it's beat it. Uh, I saw a thing. Uh, beat it in 10 days. Less than 10 days. They must be so mad. Oh, that, that's... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, um, we'll <laughs> that's great. I was gonna say, um, I think somebody compared like uh, Barbie to like I want to say, yeah, it was Barbie to like the Dark Knight Rises. That is, that is not a sentence I'd ever expect. <laughs> I cannot remember the reason why. I will send it to you, and I'll like maybe mention it the next episode. But yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, you should definitely go watch both of them. Maybe do the double feature. Yeah. No, yeah, I was interested in Oppenheimer and maybe Barbie now, I guess. I wasn't expecting anything from it, but it sounds like it, yeah. you know, it actually yeah, has the, something to it. It's not like a standard, like, oh, fun toy. Sell the toys. Oh, I, right. think I, re- I think I remember why this guy said, like, he, Barbie reminded him of Dark Knight Rises. It's not um, about to sell merchandise. It's about telling a story with a decent plot and good characters. Okay. Yeah. Uh, compared to The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight is not there to sell any merchandise. It's not there to do anything. Yeah, it's just exactly the movie they wanted to make. Right. Oh, yeah, the song that I was going to tell you, too, do for Barbie wise is the song that Ryan Gosling wrote for the movie. Okay. Uh, I'm just Ken. I'm just Ken. Okay. Well, his whole thing in the movie is that it's always Barbie and Ken. It's not just Ken. Oh, so he has like kind of like a like I'm my own person kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it gets it gets old for a little bit, but then it. It's pretty good by the end. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, anyway, uh, that was a little tangent on the side. Uh, what's uh, today's movie of choice? Uh, we are doing Little Miss Sunshine. Damn it, Adam. What? I, 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 I looked at... Um, Big Mr. Moon. Oh, no. Uh, it probably had a pretty good ending. Big Mr. Moon? Yeah, Big Mr. Moon. Is that a real know. movie? I don't even know. Let me take a look. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was actually sitting here because I was like, we always like try have like a moment of confusion. It's like, I have no idea what you're going to mistake me saying Little Miss Sunshine for. Well, when I type in Big Mr. Moon movie, it brings up Buster Moon from Sing. Okay. I mean, at least it found something. <laughs> yeah, and that's the only person that brings it up. <laughs> um, But yeah, we did Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, rest in peace, Alan Arkin. Yep. Uh, hey. I... I swear to God, Adam, I did not know he died in this movie. 
I was I was not expecting that at all. I was like, what? Like, this is the strangest, like, beginning to a third act ever. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, I was like, when the little girl was uh, trying to wake him up and everything, or told us first, hey, Grandpa won't wake up. I was like, no. No. I was on. I was still expecting a baiting switch, even when they're in the hospital. I was expecting it to be like, "Oh wait, that wasn't him" or something. So I was like, "That's just like too like random and kind of sad." Like, why? Why not? But yeah, I have not seen this uh, genre in a while. But Wikipedia calls it a tragic comedy, or yeah, tragic comedy. Tragic comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that word. Let me see if, like, what other movies, like, a tragic comedy. Uh, yeah, that, that does fit this movie, but yeah, it's like, huh. Not a normal combination. I want to see, like, what other movies, like, fit that piece. Oh, they have a list of, like, postmodern tragic comedies in the U.S., they I give a lot postmodern. Of, yeah, they list a lot of TV shows like Secession, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, Bojack Horseman, Barry. You know, it's probably easier to do this as a TV show actually than a, a movie because if you're going to balance trying to make me sad and make me think it's funny, like it can't be like right next to each other. And you actually have time to do that in like a show like Breaking Bad because Breaking Bad's hilarious. It's also like really dark right well i mean like same with the bojack and everything yeah uh i've of these i've only seen breaking bad better call soul and, and bojack but yeah it works really good in all three of those i've been meaning to watch the session honestly it sounds good and and at the same time around barry did so yeah Barry was really. I, good. I think I'd love Barry. I, I need to. Watch oh, that you show. would. You would highly enjoy Barry. You just gotta find a way to pirate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, do you have any like opening thoughts over a Little Miss Sunshine? Um, this isn't really an opening thought, but I I wanted to say this, and I'm sure I'll forget if I don't do it right away. I was not expecting all of the Breaking Bad cameos. See, I haven't seen much of Breaking Bad, to be honest with you. Um, I'm just like, how many Breaking Bad cameos were there? Uh, so um, Brian Canston um is like the publisher dude or yeah, whatever yeah. he talks to. And the cop who pulls them over, the state trooper, is Dean Norris, who's um, Hank, the DA agent. Oh. Huh. And right away, it didn't really strike me. I was like, oh, Brian Cranston, whatever. I just let it go. And then a few scenes later, then it was uh, the other guy. I was like, yo, it's all the Breaking Bad characters. Like, this movie's like a big start for a lot of a lot of people. Like, for honest. a lot of the actors, you mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. um... Like, like, for example, like, this is, like, one of Steve Carell's, like, earliest roles. When was this made, actually? I have no idea. This was made in 2006. Oh, this is kind of old. Uh, it's yeah, not his, okay. like, earliest role, but, like, it's, it gets to the point. 
Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Probably one of his first movies. Yeah, that's crazy. Um. Well, he had he had Anchorman and Forty Year Old Virgin under his belt before before this movie, but still. Yeah. Huh. Uh, um. But before they chose him, actually, they were thinking about choosing uh Bill Murray or Robin Williams. I think Bill Murray would have really worked, but Robin Williams would have probably been pretty good. Uh, yeah, because Robin Williams can actually do a pretty, pretty good like serious impression. Yeah. Well, actually, I I'm I'm not I'm gonna have trouble thinking of any of them right off the top of my head now. But I tend to like the movies where he was more serious anyway, like um, like Dead Poet Society or something like that. Like that's a lot better than something he's goofy in. Right. Um, and like just looking at the rest of the cast, I haven't seen much of these people. The only ones I've seen in other movies is like Paul Dano. Yeah, actually, I didn't know who he was until we watched the Batman. Actually, so yeah, I'm like we literally just saw him. Yeah, <laughs> like two seconds ago. I no. I don't recognize her for anything, but the mom was pretty good. What has she been in? She is Cheryl, right? Yeah. Yeah. What have you been in, Cheryl? Anything that we would recognize? A little bit of sunshine. <laughs> um, she's in the 2014 movie Tammy. Oh, uh, you might recognize her from the 2015 Krampus. I can see that, but that's something... I, I know what it is. She's in Hereditary. Okay. Oh my god. Oh, you found? What? If... Uh, Knives Out. I actually saw that at like the same time while you were saying it. Who the heck was she in this? She's the She's the crazy aunt... The one that wants all the money. Oh, actually, looking at the poster, I recognize her. Okay. Yeah, she's the one that's... <laughs> if, if you look at the poster, she's the one that's not... She's right between Jamie Lee Curtis and Anna de Armas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I've also seen, I think... Uh, I'm thinking of ending things as well. So. Okay. Oh, and Nightmare Alley. Oh, I saw Velvet Buzzsaw. I don't remember her in it, but that was a pretty okay movie. This movie does a really good job at, like, showing a dis dysfunctional family. It does, yeah. That that shows how they want to stick together. And it shows, like, what a real family would do in this situation in 2005. Yeah. 
obviously not to this extent, but yeah, at, at some point, like yeah, they'd just be like, okay, we quit. But just because it's more entertaining, and also because their dad's like fucking insane, they never quit. Right, uh, but like, here's the thing: if your daughter has one chance to make it here, would you take a dead body out of the hospital? No. Exactly. I wonder how much they got fined for that. I mean, like, they just kind of played it off because they wanted the end of the movie to happen, but there's no way, like, any random little girl would even be okay with that. They wouldn't care about the pageant anymore at that point. I mean, it depends. I mean, you she would grow up to be, like, uh, like, like a serious psycho. If she was like, man, my grandpa who I hung out with all day, every day is dead. And I just, you know, I, I just want to do the pageant, you know? Yeah, and she did it in the name of him. I, I don't think a seven-year-old would think that way. <laughs> well, did you see her talent portion? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think we should just talk about the elephant in the room and then... Oh, my God, Yeah. So I, I feel like I would be very scared to have written that. I've been like, are people going to think I'm weird because I wrote this scene? <laughs> right? It's like, uh, do I want to see a girl like strip in front of me? To yeah. You? It's like, and what she does with the feathered boa, I'm just like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I I figured something dumb was going to happen, but I just was not prepared for that. No, neither was I. <laughs> oh. My question, did, like, nobody else ever, like, see their routine before? Like, like they never well, were yeah. like, hey, can you show us, honey? Well, usually, like, uh, if there's more time at these, like, pageants of sorts, they have, like, a sound check, usually. Yeah, so you can make sure it all works, yeah. Yeah, but that's about it. Like, supposedly, like, she would go ahead and practice every day, and, like, the mom or dad or someone wasn't ever like, hey, do you want to show me what you've been working on? Sure. Um, but but she apparently learned, learned, well, she learned the dance moves literally the night before. Yeah. Before her grandfather passed, I mean that's impressive on her part. To be oh, that's honest. actually really cool. Yeah. Can you imagine telling like like you go back to school and it's like, what'd you do this summer? I would <laughs> it's just like, be like, well, I got banned from all beauty contests because uh, my grandpa taught me to do some kind of weird stuff and he also died like like eight hours before that yeah like le- legitimately died what yeah did you know um what like how did you like Paul Daniel's character? Because I know he's a little controversial as well. I 
like much an opinion on him honestly like just like the idea of him just doing like a vow of silence is just like it's whatever and because of that he can't really do anything for like 90 percent of the movie right yeah uh, i i do like him smiling at his parents arguing but like he doesn't really do anything that's like interesting otherwise because he really can't no he I did know, like, it's kind of obvious that, like, you're presented with something like that. Like, he's going to talk at some points. Like, probably near the end of the movie, he's going to say something. There's no way he doesn't. And then when they. And that was such a stupid thing to happen for him to actually finally speak. Right? It's like. I mean, it sucks, like, for him to be colorblind so he can't join the Air Force, but. I I stand in solidarity with him too because I am mildly colorblind. I'm I'm not colorblind. I just can't see you far away. Yeah. Yeah, I got twenty twenty vision, but I can't tell the difference between reds. Uh, I'm not sure how to feel about Steve Carell's character, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think that, like, it's probably... Like, him eventually having fun with them is maybe believable, but, like, they didn't show us enough for us to really buy that. Yeah, because, like, he's... The reason why he tried committing suicide was because of the guy he was seeing was going after a different professor, the student that he was seeing. Yeah. Which is another big can of worms, but still. Yeah. Yeah, I don't quite... I I feel like they almost were like... You know, it's not weird that he's trying to date a student because he's he's gay and we should be tolerant of that. It's like, but no, no, it's still weird he's trying to date a student. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but, uh, yeah. I, Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, I, I think, at, like, especially, like, the very beginning, he did, like, a really good job. I do, I do like the idea of he, like, you know, starts to actually enjoy his life a little bit throughout the movie. But, like, I don't know. Everything was pretty miserable. It's like the whole movie, and I don't know, he, he doesn't really have a chance to bond with anyone besides, like, his his nephew who doesn't talk. It's like, and sometimes Alan Arkin's uh, grandfather character. Yeah, so, yeah, a little bit. Even that, not so much, because it's, uh, during, like, the original, like, dinner scene, it's pretty obvious that, uh, he doesn't like gay people. Yeah. How would you feel if you had to push your car every single time you wanted to go somewhere? Oh, I would hate it. I would absolutely, especially where we live. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, it's, it would not end well. Let's just say that, Adam. It would not end well. 
I mean, I could push my car, but I could probably only push it like two or three miles an hour, and I'm never going to find a hill for it to take off on. And, and well, especially during winter time? Like, what are we oh, going to yeah. do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, seriously, what would we do? You just have to walk. <laughs> Um, now, when I work halfway across town, <laughs> yeah, uh, that car just had problem after problem after problem. It's almost like this was like an anti-sponsorship. Like someone at the studio is like, you know what? I really, really fucking hate Volkswagen. So we're going to make the worst car of all time be a Volkswagen. <laughs> Did you know there's like whole like... Um... Uh, Wikipedia article just about the car. Really? Yeah, go to the Little Miss Sunshine Wolf Wiki. Yeah, I'm on it. Then go down to uh the Volkswagen T2 microbus. Oh my god, there is a whole thing. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> on July 25th, 2006, Fox invited VW bus owners to a screening at Vinland Drive-In Theater. Over 60 of the bands were present at the screening. Sorry, can you repeat that? Uh, apparently, Fox, back in uh, 2006, invited everyone that drove one of these vehicles to a drive-in theater. And over 60 oh. bands were present. Well, that's crazy. Just put on a music festival for... People with a bus. <laughs> well, no, no, just they would just show the movie. Yeah. Um, oh, I get it. Bands came. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's still bands, kind of fun to be yeah. like, yeah, if you drive this, you can go to see the movie. It might just be because they had to do stuff to make it easier to film in, but it doesn't look that large, honestly, on the well, side. Well, it says like, um, the the dad actor he he literally says he was going fifty miles an hour, um, uh, in this seventy one Volkswagen van that does not have side airbags. <laughs> uh, basically, you wait for this huge camera truck to come whizzing in front of us with the camera. Okay, go. I mean, it was insanity. It was a dangerous movie I, I've ever made in my life. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, apparently, those headphones, like the the headphones she has on, um, sh she did not know what was going on. What, what I was did. wondering that actually, because I was like, I know a lot of the times either the kids aren't present when something happens in an R-rated movie, or like they try to do something like that so they're not exposed to it or whatever. Yeah. Oh, um. And then right below it is uh, all about the pageant. And one of the quotes that just stuck out right here is, all the girls act acting as participants in the beauty pageant, except the, the daughter, were veterans' real beauty pageants. That doesn't surprise me. You know, honestly, this this is like maybe the thing that's most interesting to talk about to me. Why do beauty pageants, especially for little girls, exist in the first place? Um, that's a good question. 
I, I don't think they should. It's it's not a very good message. I mean, they, they even slightly play with that where she doesn't want to be a kid and have ice cream because she's concerned about the beauty pageant. Where, uh, how did little girl beauty pageants start? Um, child beauty pageant. Uh, oh, uh, beauty pageants. Well, regular beauty pageants started in 1921, uh, to help bo boost tourism. Sure, why that would boost tourism, but I mean, I guess if there was like a kind of good reason for it, <laughs> yeah, it always reminds me. Like, you've seen Always Sunny, right? I actually have not. So, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, no, yeah, I've never seen that. So, there's an episode in like season seven called Frank's Little Beauties, okay? So, uh, Danny DeVito to get out of the law, uh, that's hunting him down, he. Uh, signs up for community service, which he has to put on and th throw together a, a beauty pattern for kids. That is such a strange thing to make someone do for community service. And and he has to do it all inside of his bar because he has no place else to go. Oh, God. Uh, and the entire first bit of the episode is him trying to figure out oh, figure out a way to like uh you gotta figure out a way to say that we're not trying to diddle the kids yeah because it's probably not a very kid-friendly bar <laughs> well not really he's like he's like uh, sing a song just to say that we don't diddle kids we don't diddle kids <laughs> it's like yeah yeah that kind of so if the idea was to boost tourism, that kind of uh, th that's maybe why I was kind of like I don't know about that because it's like okay, so I guess you have tourists because the families travel, but that's not that many tourists. So, so then anyone else who travels is someone that wants to look at little girls, right? If they're not part like, of the what family? the heck? <laughs> I mean, it, 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 I mean, it's like similar to like I believe it's like the. Uh, it was like a Washington Redskins game back in like the seventies. I'm not sure if you heard about this story, where they gave um America's most wanted criminals like um like tickets uh, to the game, and they had like a a big ceremony for them at b b before the game in like a separate room. Uh, and they brought them all like it was like eight hundred of them showed up. And then they locked all the doors and arrested them all. Great that that worked. I've never heard of that, but that's amazing. I'll send you that as well. Just it was, <laughs> it somehow worked. Dang, man! I want to uh, look up like uh, I. I'm sure that they probably done like a stuff you should get know or something on that. That that'd be a fun episode. Uh, apparently, they made a musical about this movie. 
I think I saw that when I was just briefly. Uh, yeah, I saw this because it was at the beginning of the uh, the Wikipedia article. Yeah. Oh, the Sundance movie. Oh, nice. So they live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I'm just curious how far they had to drive. Yeah, I was actually kind of thinking that too. Because it took them like two days to get from Albuquerque, New Mexico to... It was like this beach in California by like probably L.A. Something like that. Yeah, I couldn't remember what beach they went to. Is so actually why I didn't already look this up. Yeah, like I remember what they said. Oh, uh, it was a... Uh, I'm just going to put L.A. because that will kind of get us there, or Long Beach. Yeah. Because it, it's essentially the same thing. And then so, they drove through Sedona. Oh, so that would well, be on the way, yeah. Uh, Sedona. Yeah, you'd hit Flagstaff, which is right by... Yeah, that makes sense for that to have happened. So, essentially, it's a 12-hour drive. I mean, they could have done that in one day. I've driven more. Yeah. Unless they went farther up the coast, like if they went to San Francisco or something. Well, here's the thing. They uh, they stopped for food at least one time in the movie, and they had to stop to get their van repaired one time in the movie. Yeah. Well, I know because uh, the writer guy was in um, Flagstaff, so they stopped at their halfway points um, in Arizona, like the middle of Arizona. Weird. I I feel like you could make that drive in one day if you're smart about it. No, yeah, you easily could. I drove from where we live to um, Tampa. In like three days, and that's a much longer drive. Yeah, like this, like you can pretty much. I would have almost taken, if they had more time and driven through the night, I would have almost gone, went, go west of Flagstaff and go that route. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Okay, Google, you're lying to me now because it says Little Miss Sunshine's on Disney Plus, but it's not on Disney Plus. I think it's on Disney Plus in a, like another country or something, actually. Because, yeah, I actually was like, it's on Disney Plus. And I tried looking, and it's like, this content is not available. Not in your country. Oh. What did Little Miss Sunshine uh, win? So, at the Oscars, it won Best Original play- Screenplay. Uh, it was nominated for Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role, which was The Daughter. Okay. It won Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role, uh, which was uh, won by Alan Arkin. And it was nominated for Best Picture. That's kind of, uh, I think the performances were good, but that is kind of strange that this would be a best picture contender. Well, let's see what oh, how that year went. I mean, in another, like, uh, one American Film Institute, it said it won movie of the year, so. 
Huh. Here, let me go to Academy Awards. And we're going to... Okay, so the nominees that year were was a movie called Babel, or Babel. A psychological drama film. Letters from Iwo Jima. Okay. A 2006 Japanese language American war film. Uh, by Clint Eastwood, Steven Spielberg, and Robert Lorenz. What? That was probably good. What the heck? <laughs> Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, the Queen. A, bi- a biographical drama film that depicts the death of Diana, the Princess of Wales, in 1997. Huh. Uh, and the winner was The Departed. Have you seen The Departed? No, I haven't. We're going to do an episode on The Departed someday. Someday. It's it, I I do like that movie quite a bit. Um, Mars Scorsese got best best director that year. Forrest Whitaker, uh, one best actor for The Last King of Scotland. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like some years. You know what Oscar. else came out that year? But that seems kind of weak. Like unless Babel or. Um, Letters to Iwo Jima was pretty good. That actually seems like a really bad year. Whoa, whoa! The best animated features that year, though. Yeah. Uh, th- th- there's three options for them. Okay. The uh, Monster House. Oh God! Okay. Ours. <laughs> okay. And the winner, Happy Feet. Was 2006 just a bad year? <laughs> uh, Google. Because, like, I haven't seen Happy Feet, but I'm not a big fan of Cars or Monster House. 2006 um, animated movies. You know, we had uh, Dead Man's Chest uh, in 2006. Oh. Oh. So, there was Over the Hedge they could have picked. They could have picked uh, Back in the Barnyard. They could have picked Open Season. Well, other than that, it was pretty bad movies the entire year. I'd say Open Season out of all those. Come on. Barnyard, though? I've actually not seen that. We're doing an episode of Barnyard for a bad movie. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, the real um, best picture should have been Night at the Museum. For what? For best picture. No. In 2006. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Here's my question. I wonder how they, like, filmed this movie. Like, did they, like, just do all the stuff in the hotel first? or? And how did they, like, drive and film at the same time is my other big question yeah i mean apparently it was even dangerous for them to do the driving stuff well because the cameras were on another one so basically essentially what they did they went a little bit faster than the vehicle and just zoomed in yeah that seems um dumb i feel like there was a smarter way to do that right it's like something seems wrong here 
I mean, most movies where they drive, they don't do something crazy like that, I don't think. I think they just, like, somehow rig a camera to the vehicle. Uh, but it's also, like, a 2006 movie. So... Yeah, yeah, they might not be too good at that yet. Maybe not. You know, now that I think about it, that sounds dangerous, too. Like, you're just driving, and there's just, like, a giant camera that's just in the way, and you can't... Like, there's, like, a spot you can't see now. And what happens when a car tries driving past them? <laughs> it's like, what is... This? Hopefully they update the laws about that. You know, it wouldn't be that dumb if you... Uh, I mean, I guess it would screw up... Never mind, this would screw up commuters. But I'd be like, it would, maybe it wouldn't be that bad an idea to close the road and then just the vehicles that are on the road are just other people that, like are in on it and they stay out of your way but, but here's the other thing do you think they would like if they got a scene wrong do you think they would like turn the vehicle around and drive all the way back <laughs> it's like okay but we gotta we gotta change this up maybe if there's like a recognizable thing that they drive past but like i guess most of the time they're just on some road somewhere it probably doesn't matter too much when things happen Right? It's like... I mean, they probably... I'm not 100% sure what they would do. Honestly. Because it would make sense that they probably want a pretty good shot of a, like, a pretty good scenery. Yeah, oh, I guess, yeah, maybe you might find a picture-esque place and, yeah, just have whatever happened with that in the background. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. You know, I forgot that's actually a job. What if that was your job? Is uh, I can't remember the technical word, but there's like the people that actually scout out locations. Oh, and you know what would be like the worst thing is holding out like the mic. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just be like, okay, go. <laughs> it's just what I that, would do. That would actually be pretty terrifying. What I would do is I would probably just like, um. How would I do this? It would be... Uh, I would hook their vehicle on, like, a trailer. Yeah, and, like, and then the... And that just way... just kind of hide from the camera angle the... How you hooked it on. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that'd be a pretty smart way to do it. Yeah. Or, or, you could have them just sit on a green screen. <laughs> this was 2005, Adam. I don't think that that works. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I think that's pretty much everything about this movie. Uh, how would it do it? Oh, it. More than ten tupled its money back. Oh, that's pretty good. It was budget was eight million dollars. Oh, geez. It made a hundred and one million. Oh, that's crazy. That's uh, Dane. I can't even do the math. How much more than that is? That's like a huge success. 
right um it's insane with that amount though yeah huh. how did it do like be a rotten tomatoes um i do have it up uh let's see here well the page didn't load i guess gotta reload it 91% on uh, both audience and tomometer. I'm telling you, it's a really good movie. That's surprisingly good, yeah. You know, I actually, I was going to do this, and I forgot, but I was going to joke at the beginning that uh, uh, Paul Dano inspired me to take a vow of silence starting now. And I'm just going to type to you. You can read <laughs> Adam says this movie is a 9 out of 10. As you write 1 out of 10. No! <laughs> but you know, I really enjoyed this movie. It just shows like the American family, if that makes sense. It's like a really kind of weird offbeat movie that's just it's like so different it's good and like yeah it actually does like you know what it's trying to do with quite a bit of conviction right i'm really surprised of how well it did yeah i would not expect this to be like a critic i mean i would expect it to be a critical success but i wouldn't expect it to like actually make a lot of money you know oh yeah, honestly, I, I feel like this movie deserves, like, a lot of praise, but it's very underrated from my uh, standpoint. Yeah, I've never heard of this. I've never heard anyone say anything good about it or anything. Yeah, it's, I would say I want to give it, like, probably, like, an, an 8.5. Solid 8. So, yeah, we're pretty close. Yeah, like, it's not, like, the best movie of all time, but it's not definitely not the worst. Yeah, I think it was, it was like, really refreshing, actually, because, yeah, it is just, it is very different than, you know, something I'd normally watch. And it was good, too. It wasn't just, you know, unique. And I swear, it was not just because Alan Arkin died. I did not <laughs> realize he died in this movie. But yeah, so Pathetic Premiere gives this movie an 8.5 out of 10, or 8, maybe 8.5? 8.25. 8.5, 8.5. yeah. 8.25 out of 10. Little... We're going to really start getting specific. Like, at some point, it's going to be like, yeah, this movie is a 6.29. And give it probably like five minutes and John will jump in and be like, oh, awesome. It's like, I've been waiting all day for this. Right? It's like, ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, that was actually really, really fun time. Yeah, we need to pick more offbeat movies. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Not all the time. No, yeah. We don't want to become hipsters or something. Not hipsters. Anything but that.
Yeah. Yeah. So what is next time? Or do we get to know? Uh, maybe they'll be able to figure it out. Maybe. Only maybe. Yes. There is a distinct possibility. Only distinct? Defined. Defined? What? Wait, that that's not even a synonym. That would mean I actually tell you your chances. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, peace. Hey, uh, Mr. Old Guy Judge, I, I can't help but notice that uh, you've been uh, kind of giving me like the, the you've just been looking at me funny, just, you know, this whole time, like even funnier than everyone else. You're telling me you don't remember who I am? Oh, God, that voice. No, no, I thought we got rid of you. You can never get rid of me. Mighty, you... come on. You two have been causing so many technical fouls across this pageant arena. I've watched you screw up 72 times. Hey, you know about the time? Yes. Oh. I, I suppose you probably want us to stop then, huh? Yes. Uh, I'm going to take that power away from you. And okay. for your punishment, be gone. Tyler? Adam? Uh, sorry, uh, I kind of snoozed backstage for a little bit. I don't... What happened? Uh, I, I don't know, but, like, we're, like, in a forest now, and Whitey was there, and he yelled at me, and I, I, I don't know what's going on. Whitey was there? What? What? <laughs> Where the fuck are we? Uh, he he said he knew about the time loop, and then he told me to be gone or something, and now we're just in a forest. Um, do we know where we're at? Uh, no, but I think I hear growling. That's not good. Hey, um, what's that sticky stuff over there? Maybe we should touch it and find out. Sure.